midgets, dwarves, little people, whatever. They go by many names. Have you ever just wanted to ask one all the questions that are on your mind? Well, our special guest, Dylan Hiley, is here with the answers. We will be talking midget wrestling. We will be talking famous St. Louis little people and listening to some kick-ass music. We go deep. What's up, what's up, guys? We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another Underground STL Live episode, a show that brings you a street-level view of the greater St. Louis area, taking you deep into the topics that matter the most to St. Louisans. I am your host, Sam Catanzaro, and to my left is the man in the chair, the one with the magic fingers pressing all those keys, the producer of our show, Booster. How are you, Booster? I'm doing fine. How's everybody doing out there tonight? Is there anybody out there tonight? Is there anybody alive out there? Yes, okay, sure. All right, all rhetorical. And our special guest tonight is Dylan Hiley, formerly of the band Three and a Half Men, the midget who is going to get your girlfriend's digits. <laughs> and he is also now the newest addition to Micro Wrestling yep. Federation. Cool, awesome, congratulations. Thank Dylan, you. I'm just I'm just gonna rip the bandage off, man. Rip it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna rip it off. <laughs> Wait, you Ooh. have it already? No. Yeah, I, I did I did earlier. But for for the for the fans, for everything like that. Uh what do we call you? A midget, dwarf, little person. Are you Irish? Is it leprechaun? Like one thing I, mean, I one thing the old the, my band taught me in three and a half men was love me, hate me, just don't ignore me. We're okay. in the entertainment business. So okay. uh yeah, I go by any of any of that. But uh I have a bone disease. Okay. So I have um Basically, it's called OI, so I break, I've broken over 100 bones in my life. Damn. And uh, it's gotten better now since I'm working out every day and trying to get ready for micro-wrestling and get in shape. But it wasn't easy when I was a kid. So um, I have a bone disease where the calcium doesn't absorb into my bones, and I have a bone density issue. So a symptom of that disease is being short-statured. Gotcha. So it's a little dip. I, I go by all that just because I am short, and th that's what we're called, and especially micro-wrestling. But um, I am... You know, short stature from my bone disease, but it's different because I have like normal hands and everything. So it's slightly different, but uh, yeah, I go by any of it. Gotcha. I mean, <laughs> so, so you don't little have, guy or whatever. <laughs> so you don't have dwarfism. No. You have OI. Yeah. And and that that the calcium and everything that that causes you from actually growing. Yeah. So okay. basically, if I drink a gallon of milk and you drink a gallon of milk, I'm gonna absorb like twenty percent of that. Wow. You know, compared okay. to what you would. Wow. So I take calcium supplements. I have to work out. There's no cure to it. I wake up with agonizing pain all the time uh but the workouts help me maintain some level of comfortability and for me to do what i do in the band and to get on stage and to run around just to stand up for three hours for me i have to work out all month like a ufc fighter i have to get ready wow. all month for one night yeah you were uh, you were talking about that um mm -hmm. that that you know 100 bones in your body i mean i stub my toe when i get up in the morning <laughs> and i'm like oh you know but That's yeah you do it earlier. i know you're right <laughs> but uh, but 100 bones in your body and that that just is is the the oi yes. basically okay yep. well guys if you have any questions for dylan we are going to be hanging out with you tonight uh basically comment down below on facebook and youtube if you're watching live and we are going to be jumping in the comment sections and D dylan's up he's, he's he's pretty much an open book uh, yeah, home. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but first, before we go any further, here is a word from our sponsors. Hey, you know, 
We've all been having a bad time over the last year. What we really need is to just relax. Take it easy, you know. Just like the three-toed sloth tonight's sponsor, the slowest animal in the world. It's the model of what we should all try and become. Chill, comatose, zen. The three-toed sloth sleeps 20 hours a day and is so in tune with its surroundings, sometimes other wildlife crashes in its fur. Hey, no biggie, right? We're all on the same planet. With this partnership between the sloths and underground St. Louis, nothing can stop our positive waves, man. Sloth life. <laughs> man, you know, you know, the sloth ad sounded like whoever did it had just smoked a bunch of uh, ganja. I've, I've never heard. Know? I've never heard being in a comatose state as a positive thing <laughs> until I just heard that. Hey, come on, man. Hey, oh, you know, man. if they go too fast, they actually have a heart attack, yeah. which is oh, crazy. No, I've heard me. that. Wow. And, uh, they're also exceptional swimmers. They can actually go much, much faster in the water. I'll tell you what else is there exceptional. Underground St. Louis, which is yeah. why if you guys have not already subscribed to us over on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, if you like our show, invite your friends to follow us. You can also catch our show on Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. And you can always check out our website at undergroundstl.com for exclusive content. iHeartRadio. We go deep. We go deep. We go deep. All right. <laughs> Micro Wrestling Federation. So I am looking at the newest addition to the Micro Wrestling Federation family. Uh, Dylan, how did that happen for you? It was crazy. So I'm sitting there at my day job. I, I make sales. That's what I do in the daytime. And, uh, you know, in the music industry, even in St. Louis, all the bands, including Divine Sorrow, everybody knows this, that no matter what your band is doing, it's, it's hard to make ends meet in this business without having some sort of day job. So I'm sitting there, and, and I know I've had a lot of day jobs that were really good jobs, but I was always miserable simply because I'm not doing what I love, which mm -hmm. is performing. So I go on my lunch break about a week and a half ago. I wanted to follow up with Micro Wrestling. It's been forever since I've heard from him. I was at the Diamond Show um, where Three and a Half Men was, if they didn't have the stage cut off for fans, we were going to play. It was going to be Three and a Half Men playing at Micro Wrestling, which that would have been, marketing-wise, I feel right. like would have been awesome. So and yeah, I, you got you got a little person yeah. on stage singing, and then you got a little little it, people it in the sense, ring wrestling. It yeah. made sense to us, and it, it made sense the fact that I'm a huge wrestling fan. I have been my whole life. I announced for World League Wrestling for two years with Harley Race. Um, that was my first major gig in this entertainment industry. So I did that, and uh, Hall of Famer Harley Race taught me everything I need to know about podcasts and doing that because I used to do what you guys are doing here mm -hmm. for the wrestling, uh, for World League right. Wrestling. Yeah, well, you were doing commentary and yeah. stuff like that. I think yeah. I think some of the best commentators alive, uh, Jr. Yep, you know, favorite. you know, Jim Ross, uh, uh, Michael uh, Michael Cole. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. even though Michael Cole, like his his character gets a lot of flack for it. Jer you know, Jerry the King Lawler. Yep. Uh, yeah, some of the some of the best commentators in sports around are yep. are wrestling guys. True, true, and that always inspired me because Jr. was never in great shape to get in the ring he was never ever going to be thought of like that but he grinded it out in the business and did that part you know to get his foot in the door and so you know out of a whim I haven't heard from these guys in forever so I'm like you know what what the hell I'm going to get online and see what happens on my lunch break before I went to lunch I looked on micro wrestling site they only had one telephone number and it was the guy that I met Jack and I called him up and he called me back about 20 minutes later after I left him a voicemail and he was like I don't quite remember send me a couple pictures of you know who you are yeah send him five of my best photos of me on stage and right after that he calls me he says dude i've never hired anybody that couldn't get in the ring 
but I'm telling you, there's something about your look. And he said, I want to bring you on as a performer. He said, wrestling has never had a musician, even a little person musician, and mixing the concert, rock concert and wrestling, because it is a spectacle of yeah. micro wrestling. That's what they do. Right. They're good wrestlers as well, but it's theatrics. They're little people and they make everybody laugh as well and entertain. So having that rock concert, mm-hmm. you know, like Godsmack, you know, having a little person get up there and go, you know, the heavy stuff mm-hmm. and getting the crowd into it. So they've never done that before and had that spectacle. So it's funny. It's funny you say that excited. because because I've always I've always looked at wrestling, not just micro wrestling mm-hmm. or midget wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I've always looked at wrestling as the spectacle is the sizzle, yep. but the athleticism is, the, is steak. the steak, and that that's the whole that's the whole thing. And even even with midget wrestling too, you see that yep. now. Now, what do you what do you, what's your take on midget wrestling? Because I know like in the in the wrestling uh, community. Uh, there, there's a big push, like by like little people of America yeah. organization, saying that midget wrestling is a derogatory term, yep. and it's also the sport itself is not good for little people across America. Well, yeah. Where, where you have like, where you have like wrestlers, like famous wrestlers, like Hornswoggle, mm-hmm. that defend it, that say, "Hey, look, this has been around. This is how we got our foot in the door." Yeah. What, what's your take on that? Well, my whole take on it is, how else are these guys that are born with this height? How else are they going to get their foot in the door? What other option do they have? They can't go to NXT and, and get their foot. They're not going to get a chance at all. There's mm-hmm. no, you know, this allows them. And yeah, it is. A, and everybody that's a part of this card knows it is funny and theatrics. We're not going to wake up. I'm not going to wake up one morning and be seven foot tall. So why would I be offended and run away from it? It's going to stay with me my whole life. So might as well use it to lift people up and entertain people. So I see it the way that those wrestlers see it. They don't see it as offensive. They love <laughs> what they do. Now, it is a carnival act at first, mm-hmm. and there's little people, you know, they're running around, and it's theatrics in that regard, and the girls bring their girlfriends, and they come out because of that. Yeah. And they're like laugh and joke and all that stuff. But when the <laughs> wrestling match starts, these guys can actually go. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's that hint of I could relate to it because it's in Three and a Half Men, when we would start a gig, the first thing is people that don't know me, they're like snickering and laughing. And the yeah. minute we start doing our thing, they're and like, you open up your mouth <laughs> and you, and you become, you become like three feet taller. Well, and, I, you know, I like, love, I love that element of surprise that, you know, that feel of feeling like we're underestimated because then that means so much more when we come out kicking ass. Right. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, it, I love that element of surprise. That's awesome. That's the best part. And I know these guys that wrestle for micro, I know they do too. That's awesome. I always I always feel like it's like that uh that awkward karaoke guy. Like mm-hmm. when you when you go to karaoke nights and there's always yep. that like that that one that awkward one. guy in the corner that's like, I'm just waiting for my shot, I'm just waiting for my shot, I'm just waiting for my shot, and then all of a sudden he gets up there and he's got pipes. Yeah. And everybody's like, Okay, you yeah. know, cool. Yeah, yeah you oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like that's kind of it. You know, they see you and they're like, Ha 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 ha, look how tiny he is. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like, man, he just he just belted shine down he <laughs> just belted audio slave. that's the like, uh that's the coolest thing and i talked to you a couple months back about mm-hmm. my love for this and how it changed my life and it almost brings tears to my eyes till this day when i get on stage i look out that crowd even last night the diamond at open jam i look out the crowd going crazy and i'm like i'm still in shock that i'm up there doing it yeah you know and to go from every day at target where i worked at and you know my jobs i've had in college and everything else where you're the only guy that's in a wheelchair and disabled and everybody, women don't give you the time of day to date you. Guys won't, they'll talk to you, but it's kind of, you're you're outcast a little bit. You know, you have to kind of break the ice, so to speak, mm-hmm. with jokes and stuff. And uh, you go from that element 
to being a, a lead singer of a rock band and to be the guy that, you know what I mean? It, I've never had that. So for me to be on stage, I, I fell in love with it the first show we it, did. It's a drug, and sometimes it's like, you know, kind of like what you were missing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I've hey, never been looked at in that yeah. way before, yeah. so it was addicting. You know, and, and that's that's the whole thing. So with, with wrestling, you know, I we were talking about this. Yeah. Uh, midget wrestling, it, mm-hmm. it's given an avenue. Never really has there been a group of people, like, when they're born, Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like with dwarfism or like with OI or yep. something like your, like your condition. Uh, never has there been an avenue for a group of people to instantly become famous. Not at all. As when, when they get older to instantly go out there like, yes, uh, yes, they're going to, you know, like circuses, yep. uh, you know, midget wrestling, all that kind of stuff. But like, honestly, like that's that's such a cool avenue that yep. you can explore. And yes, people are looking at you and people are watching you because... You're you, but as you said, it's not changing. You're not no. waking up tomorrow, you know, taller or something yeah. like that. So. I was gonna say, like, like a lot of people would maybe say, like, oh, saying that the midget, yeah, midget, like using the kind of like I don't want to say derogatory terms, but like yeah. the terms that we refer to uh, mm-hmm. little people as. Um, you gotta think about it. Like, is that really like that's the only avenue that they have sometimes? Yeah. So, like, why would you want to stop them from doing that? It's not like you said. It's yeah. not all of a sudden like you're gonna be called on to be like, exactly hey, NXT or anything. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, Axl Rose fell, and like yep. we need a lead singer for Guns and Roses. Can you do it? Exactly. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. So this I mean, is the I only think avenue. It's, exactly. I think it's uh, kind of one of those like just holdovers from uh the ancient times. Like it's just. Part of, it's like ingrained in our DNA almost, and uh, I'm not sure how, what's really going to change it. Like, yeah, do you, I mean, do you got, do you think that there's change, anything that's going to change exactly what the perception of like little people that like in general, like in uh, in society? No, I think I think with with little people, it's always listen. Every, people react to different things, yeah. And and let's be honest, you're different. I mean, there's why why hide it? You know what I'm saying? You're yeah. you're different. And when when people don't see something the you know all the time yep. and they're like oh you know that's different and that's and and yeah people yep. people of course are going to be like oh yeah it's like somebody with like you know six fingers on their hand and they're like ooh you know what i'm saying yep. like they want to see it like you know they could <clears throat> care less grip. about who the person is right they could care yeah. less about who the person is <laughs> they just want to see something that's different they want to see it different yeah and i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think i think when people are like you know start than like really putting someone down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like you you could be a complete asshole. You yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like and if I if I come after you for being an asshole, yeah. that's a different story. But if all I if all I'm doing is coming at you for being smaller than me, then then I'm the asshole. Yeah. So that that's the exactly. whole thing. I, I don't think we're ever gonna uh change, you know, Unless there's, unless there's, there's rec- little people all over, <laughs> yeah. and then it becomes so common, there's, but there's not, and that's what makes it so unique. There's using people's differences as a way to kind of like uh, ingrain respect in like your community for mm-hmm. them, yeah. And there's a way to kind of like have fun with it too, yep. And then there's taking advantage of it as a cudgel to make yourself feel better, yeah. And I feel like like that's where you people cross and the that's, line, and that's what the cool thing about Three and a Half Men when we started, we knew it was going to be different. We knew it was going to be looked at like a carnival act. We knew that until we started playing, it wasn't going to be taken seriously. And I already knew, I told you this, I already knew because I wanted to do the entertainment industry for the last 10 years, mm. um, that I already knew what character I wanted to be and what look I wanted to have and all that stuff. You're wearing it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. But they, uh, you know, my band and Keith and everybody, they knew 
that I couldn't move a lot. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm in good shape, but my bone disease limits me from doing what other lead singers do. So we, you know, I, I sing with my hands a lot, and I know I'm going to be standing in the same spot. So I try to make the best of that spot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like a normal concert. It's a little different because I can't, people with my bone disease don't even stand up. Let alone. Maybe you could have like fireworks in both hands. There like, you go. Yeah, something be, like that. <laughs> hey, very so, patriotic. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's like like I feel like a true performer says the show must go Always. on no matter what. Like, I performed last summer in a wheelchair when I broke my leg. And, and that's what that's what I was about to I was about to bring up that and like Dave Grohl. There's a lot of similarity. Dave Grohl broke his leg on yep. stage. That same night he finished the concert. Yep. And and you're you're on a, that's that's when I first actually saw you perform. I had met yep. you before that, but when I first saw you perform, you had a broken leg. Yep. You're up you're up on stage in a wheelchair still rocking out. And my family thinks I'm crazy for that too. They think I'm nuts, but the way I see it is like when I go up there and I can't thank these people enough, everybody that's listened, that's followed my music career up till now, um, I give everything I have physically, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually <laughs> up that's there on awesome. that stage. Yeah. I leave it all out there. And whether yeah. I, I hurt myself or whatever happens, as long as they leave satisfied that they got a good show. Yeah. That's all I care about. Yeah, it's that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, guys, we are going to be here with Dylan. I mean, I mean, like we're going to be here for for a little bit, partying with Dylan, probably until the uh, little bit, really, micro, you know, micro style. Oh, my, well, you know what? I didn't even say. Hold on, I didn't even try and make that little a pun. Bit. Uh, <laughs> a little I was. Bit. Hey, we're probably going to be here until the end of the world, which brings us to our featured song tonight, and that is End of the World by Sonic Candy. They will be performing July 10th at Diamond Music Hall. Stick around, guys. More Underground St. Louis coming up next with the midget who is going to get your girlfriend's digits, and we're talking famous little people around St. Louis, but without further ado, here is Sonic Candy.
that was End of the World by Sonic Candy. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, you were about to say something. I was like, is he going to say? Am I going to no. say? Yeah, guys, Sonic Candy, they will be performing uh, Saturday at Diamond Music Hall uh, with a whole lineup of bands, Divine Sorrow, Misplaced Religion, Rosemary STL. It's going to be a great, great show. You know, I we love featuring local music here on the show, and I just counted up. We have featured over 40 bands and artists Dang. local bands and artists since underground stl live has been a thing over 40 bands and artists so guys if you're out there if you know a local band if you know a local artist musician whatever send your content our way we will feature it on the show also invite your friends to follow us like subscribe facebook and youtube we are also on spotify google iHeartRadio, and apple Podcasts. and don't forget to check out our website undergroundstl.com for exclusive content because lower, after lower all that lower that height requirement for me Damn right. I don't, I don't think there's a high requirement on our website, but we do go deep. We don't go high, but we go but deep. Don't be, don't be like Six Flags. Yeah. <laughs> so as as everybody knows, we're here with the midget that's going to get your girlfriend's digits, Dylan Highly. I'm stealing that. By Damn way. right. Damn right. You better fucking steal it. That's a good fucking line. I just came up with it. I didn't I know, know what the hell I was creative. saying. Uh, okay, so wrestling. You are you are a huge wrestling fan. Yes. Uh, what's your favorite? What's some of your uh, favorite local shows besides Micro Wrestling Federation? Local shows around here to go to. So Dynamo Pro is really good to go to. Yes. Not only that one, but uh, World League mm. Wrestling ran by Leland Race, the son of Harley Race, Hall of Famer. That was my boss. Okay. Um, and that was who I announced for for two years. So I've always loved wrestling. Being like we talked about with my bone disease mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Obviously, I can't go in the jungle gym and run around with the other kids. So I was inside on a pallet. I didn't hold my own head up until I was five years old. Oh, wow. So I was on the pallet all the time and strapped to the pallet with broken legs or arms usually. Damn. And I'm watching, uh, you know, Monday Night Nitro and Monday Night Raw, both of them. And I'm muting the sound and talking just like Tony Schiavone and JR. And that's yeah. kind of what started at, for me, you know. And then I fell in love with music later. I've always loved to sing. It was my getaway. Yeah. But singing in the music part, I never thought I could be a lead singer because I look around at Johnny Cruz and all these guys that are look the part. They're in shape. They're front men. They're, you know, they look They're good. beautiful. They're yeah, beautiful. They're, they're, they're pretty boys. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and to be able-bodied was the big part. Okay. So I, I dropped um, 22 pounds between the start of Three and a Half Men till the first show three months later. And I worked, I worked my ass off during that time. I worked out every day. And uh, I still am not in great. Sh- I still hurt every show, yeah. but I'm good enough to stand and move for three hours. You know? Gotcha. That's so, that's awesome, man. That's I awesome. had to. I had to. I know. So so I feel like you're on your way to becoming a you know famous little person of St. Louis. Thank you know you. what I'm saying? Like, and and we I, I looked this up. We got we have a couple, and you know I think I think you know like like we said you know being a little person you could use that as a strength. You could be yep. a little person that just works at Target. Or you could be a little person that goes on to you know bigger and better things. Depending like, on your you know, drive, that's exactly, all it takes. exactly. And uh, you know, some people they don't want to be famous, and that's fine. You know, yep. but but other people they they want to climb that ladder and they want to get up here. Yep. So um, a couple of what you guys you guys uh, a couple of the little people from St. Louis. You guys like Wizard of Oz, right? Mm-hmm. I do. Okay. Well. So Wizard of Oz, uh, <laughs> I obviously. It's not, listen, I see, I see you in your ruby slippers five. going <laughs> around, man. <laughs> so, so I saw those, by the way. The yeah. Munchkin Land, that was, I feel, when Munchkin Land was, and they were casting for it. That must have been, especially back then, yeah. that must have been huge, yeah. huge in the community. They had none of these avenues for little people back then, and you were, you were living a carnival act back mm-hmm. then. Like, you know, people, if they complain about the micro-wrestling and the offensiveness or whatever... 
I love it because the fact that back then in that time before like with Wizard of Oz, if you were a little person, you were disabled and you and you looked that way, that's a lot harder back then because they didn't have the avenues that they have now for difference. No, and they difference didn't have wasn't, the, the American with Disabilities Act. Yeah, so like difference tons wasn't of accepted. amenities that exist today yep. don't exist. Yep. That time. Wow. Differences were like outcasted Definitely. from everything. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, one of the famous uh, munchkins there, and I think he played a couple of uh, roles. He played like the fiddler. He played like, he played like the, yep. uh, there, there was a couple of roles that he played in Munchkin Land. Uh, but he was huh. Mickey, Mickey Carroll. And Mickey Carroll is actually, uh, he's from St. Louis or he, he was living in St. Louis. And uh, his godfather mm-hmm. was Al Capone. Yeah. What? Yeah, Mickey Carroll's <laughs> godfather was Al Capone. That's okay. what I heard. I don't know how true that is. So you got you're like you're imagine growing up and when when little people were kind I of mean, discriminated against, <clears throat> like any anybody yeah. different was discriminated against yeah. and Somebody tries to discriminate you, and you're like, "Don't let me tell my godfather." It's Al Capone. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, exactly. Talking life or death, right? But he died here in uh, in Crestwood, and wow. apparently, and I don't know if I got all the facts straight, so so don't so okay. don't quote me exactly on this. But apparently, his family sued his caretaker because he left his caretaker all the money. This is this is what I've heard. I don't know how true this Whoa. is. Yes, yeah, but a good I, caretaker, right? But I think his caretaker got got it all. I think, or I maybe think she won in court. his caretaker was like the only one who came to see him or whatever. Maybe. It that might be that too. Be it, and then he was like, "Well, screw you, people! Yeah. If you're not going to be a part of my life, I'm yeah. not going to give yeah. you any of my money." That's not the real family to him. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so like legally, that was like the only avenue for them. Yeah, because it's like they don't want to be cut out of the inheritance. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's the guy. I mean, his godfather was Al Capone for Christ's yeah. sake. Yeah. He must have some kind of. I don't he must know, have some. He, <laughs> bootleg liquor down in the basement. Yeah, yeah. A but, rainy day fund, perhaps. <laughs> so, <laughs> a rainy day fund. Yep. So with this, so with this whole thing, uh, so I, like she wanted, but my mom, my mom would always see him come into uh, her restaurant that she used to work. At. She used to work at IHOP, and he lived in yep. Crestwood. She, she, uh, he lived in Crestwood. She worked at IHOP in Sunset Hills, and he, she would, uh, he would always come in. And she'd see him, and everybody'd be like, "Hi!" And yeah. everybody went up to him. I mean, talk about a spectacle! And then when, when you yeah. find out that he was in Wizard of Oz, that he knew Judy Garland, he actually went to school with Judy Garland. Wow! Yeah, and I think she ended up getting him the role in. She was a big factor of getting him in the role of Wizard Dang. of Oz. So you're seeing somebody that's just connected to such an iconic, historic film, yeah, and iconic and historic people: Al Capone, Judy Garland. I mean, it's crazy. Yep. And everybody just fell all over him. Yeah, uh, it was uh, it was it was one of those things like he he was just so indeed um he was just so loved and and she would always yeah. see his caretaker though with him yeah he he was older he was up there in age obviously but she'd always see his caretaker with him so that that has no surprise to me that I feel like if you have somebody with dwarfism or OI or something yeah. like that or even like somebody that 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 is that is handicapped yeah or you know mentally challenged or anything like that. Um, you get two types of people. You get people that love and embrace them and will do whatever they whatever they can for them. Or so. And you get some people that are just like, leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And, you know, pushing people, pushing people away. Yeah. Have, you, have you felt that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, not to get too personal, but especially before the band stuff with women and dating, um, mm-hmm. a lot of them don't give you the time of day because you're not six foot five and, you know, looking like the other guys that they're with. Yeah. So you're not you're seen as less of a man just because of your stature until they know you. So the music allows me, as an escape, immediately, I don't have to say anything. I don't have to try to defend myself on why I'm my height or try to, you know, fight my way out of a corner or nothing like that. I'm, 
you're more accepted because of the music side because you could do something that kind of elevates the mood of other people around you. Yeah. So that kind of was my escape as far as getting people to break the ice, so all to speak. The, all of a sudden, you become this this force, not just yeah. a presence, but an actual force that, yeah. that you have this. Uh, yeah. There's there's a reason why why people love rock stars. Well, they, and that, and know. I didn't have that confidence. I mean, you can ask my band, Three and a Half Men, before music gave me the confidence. Being on that stage with my bandmates, that gave me the confidence. Like it, it literally saved my life. The way I wake up in the morning and look at myself in the mirror now, it it changed everything. That's awesome. It did. That's awesome for sure. I'll tell you one guy whose life was changed by somebody that just gave him a big break that yeah. knew he was going to be like this novelty act and everything like that. Uh, there was, and the and this is so. This is this article that I wrote. It's quoted, and this is a quote of Bill Veck, and he used to be the owner of the St. Louis Browns, and he described this midget, little person, dwarf, whatever you want to call him, Eddie Gadel, yeah. as quote the best darn midget who ever played big league ball. I didn't know about this until you told me the other day. I, I was telling you, I was telling Eddie, you this the other day. Eddie Gadel. Eddie Gadel. Okay. Yeah. Nope. Or Goodell. Goodell. Eddie Goodell. Gadel. Eddie Goodell. Yeah, Gadel. Yeah, Goodell. Right. Yeah. Eddie Goodell. They you know, but cool. uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, w- I was going with like Gayatel. Like, I don't know. I like, uh, yeah. like Gadel better. I, yeah. Gadel. So Gadel, Goodell, whatever Goodell. you want to call him. But I actually, this got flagged on a, on a group on Facebook that I shared it to a baseball group. They said it was hate speech because the title of it. I, I named I just named the quote yeah. the best darn midget who ever played big league ball. This wasn't me saying oh, it. Yeah. This was an actual owner that of a team that hired him to play. They're like, how dare you? And they're like, how dare you use the word midget? And I'm like, no, it's actually a really inspiring story. Yeah. So Eddie Eddie Goodell or Gadel or whatever, he was uh three feet seven inches tall and yeah. sixty-five pounds. And about my height and weight. <laughs> about your height and weight. Okay, exactly. so he, this this dude, uh, he was uh, he first he worked as a in World War II. He worked as a riveter because he was able to crawl inside the wings of airplanes. This is before he played for St. Louis Browns. Yep. And Goodell uh, also did he did promotional spots for circuses, rodeos, and record labels. Mm-hmm. And back then, I mean, those were the avenues that you could yeah. you could do. You would either do tiny work, you know, in tiny spots that, that only you could get in. Yep. And they couldn't hire children, you know, back then. But you also have to think about it kind of it's like it's not like those people could honestly go and get like a warehouse job or yeah. something like that completely uh inaccessible to it like yep. entire facet of human society yeah. Oh, yeah so i mean but and then and then he and then he did he did promotional spots you know for for circuses and stuff mm-hmm. so i mean that that was what you got but then uh in july of 1951 bill veck had purchased the st louis browns and at the time the, the you know the browns aren't here anymore obviously yeah. but at the time uh in the season in 1951 the browns were averaging less than 4000 fans per game while the st louis cardinals were averaging around 12000 <laughs> So St. Louis Browns were just they they were kind of they were like we need to do something yep. to to kind of get to get people involved and that's when they they picked uh, Eddie Eddie Goodell Eddie Gadel or whatever you want to call him and uh, and they they called him up they got him signed like two days before the game and it was going to be the fiftieth anniversary of Falstaff beer okay. I believe and uh, and a couple other and a couple other things <laughs> that used to be a larger brand. Did it? Yeah. yeah, and I think it was. I think it was the. Uh, well, that was that was Lemp's brand. Mm-hmm. That that became yeah. that was that was what the Lemp's were known for. But yeah, it was going to be the 50th anniversary of Falstaff beer, and it was going to be the 50th anniversary of the American League. Yeah. So St. Louis Browns were playing Detroit Tigers 
and they had signed Goodell right before that, like a couple days before. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't didn't <laughs> say anything. It was supposed to be like a you secret. Just like yeah, and, probably oh, went the backlash. Like, what and, the fuck? Imagine in 1951, they they have uh, acrobats, they have dancers, they have a band uh, that had Satchel Paige in it, another famous yeah. baseball player, and they fucking they wheeled out this big giant cake, and out of the cake pops this midget Eddie Goodell and he's in a St. Louis Browns uniform and yeah. on the back of the uniform it, it had the number one eighth Oh, right. Yeah. Like, I mean, and everybody in the crowd's like, what the hell is this? Should have been one. And they're thinking it's just like, (laughs) they're thinking it's just another novelty. But then he grabbed a bat and he started walking up to pinch hit for another (laughs) hitter. And all the umpires were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and all these all these umpires are thinking that it's a joke. Yeah. But but he's like, no. And, he's and for real. Fr- yeah. And Frank Saucier or, or Saucier or whatever you want to call him, uh, <laughs> Frank Saucier, he was he was a guy that he was pitch hitting for. And Frank yeah. was a good player. And so they're like, what are you doing? And so he's he's pitching for him. And the crazy thing was was Bill Veck yeah. said to Eddie Goodell, he taught him this stance, <clears> and he said to him, "Your strike zone, get this, so your strike small. zone <laughs> is be only." They did the math on this, and this was his theory. Wow. Your strike zone is only 3.8 centimeters high. So they only have wow. 3.8 centimeters to throw a strike. At the very least, you're going to work the pitcher. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A lot so, of four-pitch walks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> man, oh, man. So he uh, he stepped up to the plate, and yeah. he kind of did like a Joe DiMaggio classic style like stance. he's going to hit a big-ass home run exactly. or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Called Bob, his shot, just pointed yeah. to the fucking stands. <laughs> it's like the little, do the little Babe Ruth. Baby Ruth. That's, yeah. the, that's the original Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. There you go. But there you Bob, go. so Bob Kane was the pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, and Bob Kane like looks at him like, Bobby this Kane. has got to be, he goes, this has got to be a joke there's no way i'm pitching and he kind of like laughed yeah and like pointed like where do i gotta put the ball (laughs) exactly he kind of pointed and laughed at goodell and he was like he was like yeah man like you what the hell am i doing here so his his catcher came up to him and said like keep it low you know obviously everything's gotta be down the middle right that's the only and so he threw two pitches and bob kane was a good pitcher he threw two pitches the first two that he threw yeah were like fastballs right down the middle, still called a ball. Wow. Like they were attempts at strikes. And I think that he knew he wasn't going to get him out. So yep. instead of just burning his arm out, he was like, okay, you know what? And he kind of threw like two underhand. Five, yeah, underhand, like you know, all that kind of stuff. And Goodell, the fear was how Goodell was up the there and so pitch. confident yeah. with the bat. The fear was that Goodell was going to swing because yeah. it was actually inspired by a book. That Bill Vec got this idea to bring in a midget to bat because it yeah. was inspired by a book. What Gunga Din? Yeah, what? and that, that's <laughs> yeah. what happened in a book. A, a midget plays for a, a baseball team and has and you know, a strike spectac- zone. The spectacle for the fans to well, that's to not fly what exactly. the attendance Gundin, to get the exactly. attendance up. Exactly. You know? So yeah, so so he ended up uh, he ended up getting walked because all all four were balls. Yeah. And uh, and he you know stopped and he bowed to the crowd <laughs> and then they bring in a pinch runner for him. Yeah. Like he doesn't even run the bases. All he was just <clears throat> hey let's just get a man on base. I know how long it takes these little legs to get a stride. Yeah. So I think I would t- definitely have a pitch runner for me too. <laughs> I mean I'd have him right in front of your the best <laughs> yeah. hitter. Yeah. I'd have him right in front of Stan the man. Yeah. Get Guaranteed on base. runner on base for Stan the man. Every well time. yeah exactly exactly every time. So the umpire. They they had asked, hey, let's see a um, 
you know, let, let's actually see like proof that that he's playing. So they had his contract on hand. Yeah, they showed it and this and that. But like the day, a day or two after the game, yeah. And and St. Louis Browns lost, but it day or two after the game, they fucking uh they they voided his contract in the American League. What? The American League office said, nope, his contract is null and void now. Wow. Yeah, basically it never happened. But he was and the first fucking the kill Joyce. He was know? he was the first, and I think the only one to actually be signed by an MLB team yep. in the American League Did or the National League. Yeah the, yeah, the first little person to be to be signed. But uh, um, yeah, Kevin so, Hart could probably do that now. Who? Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Uh, do that? Kevin Hart's short. Kevin everybody. Ha ha. Anyway, <laughs> you don't know short. <laughs> 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 now, yeah, you know. I'm a huge uh, baseball fan and sports fan myself. It's funny because you didn't know that people think that like us being the height, that yeah. we're not athletic. Like I don't know, didn't see him play, but I used to be in a wheelchair and I used to throw 70 miles an hour sitting in a wheelchair. Oh wow! I used to pitch for an adult league and wow. I, I hurt my arm, but I, I was pitching for a baseball team for a minute and uh, I love. You know, I love playing baseball yeah. and sports. My cousin say, Wainwright throws a seventy-one mile per hour pitch, and yeah. he, he's a freaking legend. So yeah. I mean, you could well without you without your feet, you know, to set your feet gets you most of the fastball and and to get up in the, in the range. And I'm throwing seventy sitting down, so I'm yeah. I'm literally taking my body and throwing. Could my you body could you imagine if you actually had, had the legs had the legs to do it? I like even it if your legs time. were like a little bit longer, <laughs> like what kind of power you'd be generating? That's the only downfall, the only regret. Like people, uh. the the million dollar question I get asked more than anything else, more than the height, the disease, all of it. So if you could change it, would you? And I always say no because it's opened up a lot of doors and I get an opportunity that some people don't get. But the big downfall is is in sports. I wish I could have been able bodied to do different kinds of sports because wow. I would have definitely been in the ring as a wrestler. That's the only thing about this micro wrestling is he's hiring me as an on-hand cast. I'm a cast member and I'm a singer on the show, but I wish I could get in the ring and tangle up. You yeah. Know? You know, I wish I could. So. Well, this this Eddie but. Goodell, they, they were talking about him that he was very athletic. Yeah. And that's why Bill Vec chose him. He actually called an office, like a, like a booker office, and yeah. said, hey, I want, and his words were, his specific words were, I want an athletic Midget. Yep. That's what he said. He he knew that he was going to do this. Oh yeah. And they sent they sent him over. But afterwards, uh, Goodell never played officially on the roster afterwards. But then he was also doing promotions for Bill Vec for like I think the Chicago White Sox and uh, other baseball excuse me other baseball teams and stuff like that. But uh um but yeah, it, unfortunately, when he was like thirty six, he was coming home from a bowling alley. He lived in uh Chicago. And when he was coming home from a bowling alley and he was beaten when he was coming home from a bowling alley, some guys jumped him, beat the crap out of him. And he walked into his house. He lived with his mother at the time. He walked in and passed out, like, like went to sleep and she woke up and he was dead the next day. And he had all these bruises and stuff on his body. They actually said that he suffered probably a heart from, attack. Like, internal bleeding or. They, they said that know, he suffered a heart attack. attack. Yeah, he was probably like so traumatized by yeah. the experience and all that kind of stuff that his heart his heart gave out on him. Might so, have had something to do with Al Capone. It could well that was Mickey Carroll. Oh right. But right. yeah, yeah, but <laughs> Mickey but Al Capone's in Chicago, hey, you, know. you know, yeah. I wonder I wonder actually though, because Eddie Goodell played for the St. Louis Browns, Mickey Carroll, St. Louis. I wonder if they ever met. Honestly, they might have. They might have. Because that community. Little people hang together. I don't. I don't and, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to make a joke here, but that community has to be so small. I'm not yeah. trying to make a joke, but it's yeah. like you know, like yeah. a small knit community, a tight knit community. That's, and that's one of the coolest things about if nothing else comes from this micro thing, if mm-hmm. nothing else happens, like my dreams and all that stuff, at the very least, 
I'm signed by Micro, and I get to go on the road on a U.S. tour for about 13 days with all the wrestlers, and it's guys that I'm hanging out with in, in the hotel room with that are my height. Now, I don't, I've never actually said this out loud, but I don't know anybody close to me that, you know, all the girls I've dated are six foot tall. All the guys I've been friends with are five foot tall. Or, you know, I've never had anybody my height around yeah. me. So it's going to be kind of cool to, you know, to talk to somebody that gets everything yeah. I'm going through. And like stuff when, you're, and like when you're ordering, like, clothes or something yeah. like, online, like, be like, I know. Right? Yeah, be like, yeah. <laughs> be like, I called Build-A-Bear five times, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Their voicemail just kind of... Said screw off, you little oh, guy. Dude, why do you think they're only open till five thirty? This yeah, is bullshit. Exactly, exactly. They know us little people go to bed early. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Before the oh sun's. We got God. kids. We got kids. Kids bedtime still. Uh, well, uh, guys, th- we're gonna do our next featured song tonight, and that is "Across the River" by Rosemary STL. This is Dylan knows them. Great band. Great band. They're young, but you got a lot of good things to say about them. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. not my biggest regret. I told you this is the fact that I didn't get in this sooner and obviously for the physical reason, but Rosemary, I got to see them live. These kids, they're young, they're hungry, they're driven, and they got really good material. You're about to hear it. Damn right. Guys, this is Stick Around More Underground STL live coming up next, but for right now, here is Rosemary STL.
All right, all right, all right. That was Rosemary STL. You can catch them Saturday at Diamond Music Hall, along with Divine Sorrow, along with Sonic Candy, along with Misplaced Religion. That's actually going to play us out. Remember that, Booster. We're going to have some. We're going to have more <laughs> bands that. coming up. Huh? But uh, yeah, so Dylan, Dylan, just tell everybody right now where can we follow you at? So, where what what can, where can we catch you? Micro, all that kind of stuff. Go my Facebook it. page, obviously Dylan Highly, but also uh, Micro Wrestling tv.com also follow my my facebook page my personal page my because me and my guitar player and my bass player and my drummer i have a new band uh, josh jenner i have greg and uh, on the drums we have john on the bass and we're going to be coming at you with some heavy alternative rock nice. now it's kind of been busy schedule for me because i'm doing my workout routine doing the band stuff and doing the micro wrestling so it's kind of a lot but we we plan on being out there by the fall time um hopefully if we can get everything rolling and I promise you, it's if you come see this new band, it's going to be unlike anything you've ever seen before. Better than Three and a Half Men. I, I don't want to say that. <laughs> you don't want to jinx it? <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that the music we're doing now, we did. I told you about this. You know, yeah. I, I'm very proud of what we did in Three and a Half Men. Um, we did a lot of you know pop stuff to cater to certain crowds and did a lot of this. This is going to be the, a lot of the heavier alternative rock that I did in Three and a Half Men, but consistently. Um, Corn, uh, Linkin Park. Um, you're going to get, you know, Hell Yeah, you're going to get Breaking Benjamin, nice. you're going nice. to get stuff that a lot of bands don't play, um, so it's going to be something new, and I am so, I say this all the time, and I'll say this now, with Three and a Half Men and with this new band, I'm so blessed to be around such good talent that makes me put on my A game every single time I go to practice. I can't be, yeah. I can't, like, short come these songs or you know not practice my ass off because these guys are going to bring out the best of me when I go right. to practice I really so. did think you were going to say come up short no yeah well okay. he already said it twice so right. I figured <laughs> but uh no, or not make the cut all my all yeah. my faux paws are yeah. just coming out right now oh yeah oh yeah oh, man. where's where's Goodell so uh so so micro uh yeah. micro wrestling federation they they will be airing on tv Yes, so okay. my first, I, I go from July 14th to the 26th. I'm going to be from Newton, Illinois at the beginning of that tour all the way to Indiana, to New Jersey, to Delaware. Gotcha. Um, and like I told you, like my body has been in more pain than it ever has been because I've been working out hard. Nice. I'm down three. Swole. No uh, pun intended, guns. but I'm down three and a half pounds. Okay, so, there you <laughs> go. See what I did there? But yeah, so uh, shut up, boosters. <laughs> <laughs> come see, uh, come see, STL sexiest little man on stage, rocking sexiest out a mic. Li- STL sexiest little man. I like that's on, better man. than that's better than the midgets that are gonna the you midget the that's gonna get the digits right there. But you got to uh, come down to my level because I can't climb. So okay, there get you the go. Digits, yeah, no you gotta, there you go. Come down. Yeah, make them work for it. I mean, man. I can't Hell climb. Yeah. I've tried Hell getting yeah. my fat ass on the counter to get a plate. <laughs> it's harder at twenty seven than it was at five. So so with you, they they can watch you on TV if they're not watching you locally at any of these shows going around the Midwest yeah. they can't actually watch you at micro yeah. what is it micro wrestling tv.com there's a right. subscription tv.com okay. um, and there's also free content on there gotcha I don't know when I start I don't know I know what I'll be doing because I'm going to be he wants me to be kind of the I don't want to say the face but he wants me to be the performer gotcha um, and do a live like rock concert but cool. I do know that my whole entire world tour to go with these guys, my first tour, it's going to be one of many. I hope, fourteenth through the twenty sixth of July. Okay, so. and then and then and you'll let everybody know, Dylan Highly on Facebook. You'll update yep. it on your Facebook yep. page and let everybody know. Sounds good. Uh, Dylan, 
freaking awesome, man. Thank Thanks for so coming much. on the show. I, you know Thank what? You, when I, I say the last time, I when I, the last. when I, no, no, you'll you'll be on again. Trust me, you'll be on oh, again. Yeah, we'll definitely. have you on again. Uh the first time I met Dylan, I said, "Man, we got to get you on the show," because I was I was so mesmerized. <laughs> I was so mesmerized by you. And you came I'm down like, to my level too, right? I came down to your level, and so well, you were in a deep. wheelchair. I actually. Yeah. Had to, like, you, you had know to. what I'm saying? He went but deep. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Always. But yeah. when I when I came up to you, I was like, yeah, man, I really like it because I because I had listened to you sing. I think it was Shine Down acapella, and you posted it, was, it online. It was that one, or it was uh, that one. Uh, You're so cold, keep you the breaking yeah, yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Might have been that. But one. I listened to it, and I was like, wow. I'm like, he's not just a novelty act. He is. He does have a good voice. Thank you. And Thank so you. I so I told you, I said, I want you on the show, and you go, you can say it. You can say you have a midget <laughs> fetish. Yeah, and go. I was like, well, damn it, I do. And I, I want you on. So. I saw it in your eyes. That's why you put the shades on, so nobody else would see exactly, it. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. They don't see my you lust. You couldn't see that twinkle. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I, saw him, I saw him going online. And, All right. Yeah. Well, Dylan, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you guys uh, for having me. Misplaced Religion is coming up. Guys, thank you for watching another Underground STL live episode. We do this for you guys. We do this for the fans. Make sure you tell everybody about us. Spread the word. We are bringing you a street-level view of the greater St. Louis area, and we go live every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. PM. Yeah, yeah, one, one last to announcement. STL, thank you guys for supporting me my whole music career. Continue to support me. Follow me, PSA announcement, and I will not let you down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Guys, that was Underground STL live. Tune in next week. But for right now, here to play us out is Misplaced Religion. Step up.
what's up guys? Thank you for watching another episode of Underground STL Live. Every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Make sure you tell your friends, tune in, we'll see you there.